edition of Jamal About Sports coming to you on Wednesday, November 26th, Thanksgiving Eve, actually Wednesday afternoon. As always, I'm your host, Jamal Hayden. This is another edition of Jamal About Sports. We've been away for a while as uh, there have been uh, life has happened, I guess, in between, uh, taking up a, a lot of my time. But also, frankly, um, in this very odd year of 2020, uh, while it's been great to have um, sports on TV as a distraction, um, it, my the, the import of, of sports uh, in my life has certainly uh, been diminished, shall we say. Uh, and I think for a good thing. Um, or is a good thing, um, for a good thing. I can't even speak English. Uh, <laughs> I think is a good thing. Uh, again, it's been nice to have some college football on, uh, been some action, the Mac conference, uh, the middle of the week, um, as, uh, it looks like we are, uh, inexorably moving closer and closer to the point where we're, you know, we're pretty much either not going to be allowed to leave our houses again or uh, there's really just not going to be much to do uh, or much reason to leave one's uh, house uh, or apartment again uh, very shortly due to the pandemic, Um, which for me is not that big a deal, (laughs) I have to say. I don't don't hate uh, during the uh, the winter months kind of hibernating a little bit anyway. Um, But... um, so yeah, it's been nice to have you know some college football on. Although, look, Maryland, my alma mater, was really excited to watch. Uh, was interested to see them play Ohio State a couple of weeks ago, after they came off uh, a big win at uh, you know you can't even call Penn State a rival since Penn State has owned the quote unquote rivalry. Uh, but you know Maryland with their their young, exciting quarterback, uh, you know Talia Tagliavoa. Um, Tago Liavo, Tago Lavo, Tago Liavoa, uh, you know, to his younger brother, transfer from Alabama, bad first game against Northwestern, played great against Minnesota, played great against Penn State. Uh, some cause uh, for optimism with the Maryland program in general. Was interested to see how they stacked up against Ohio State, one of the best, you know, top four teams in the country, and then we're going to play, you know, Michigan State the following week, who's certainly been diminished and certainly looked like a game Maryland could win, and both games got canceled, you know, due to COVID issues. Uh, the last week being Mike Loxley, Maryland's head coach, tested positive. Now, it looks like they're, <clears throat> they've had positive testing as far as not people testing positive. The developments around the program's testing have been positive with many negative cases, um, and so it looks like they're going to play Indiana this week. Indiana having a great year, coming off a pretty good year last year where they won eight games. I mean, Indiana, anybody who follows college sports, college football knows Indiana is known for basketball, not football. Uh, they've never really been much of a factor. I mean, Maryland has a much better football track record than Indiana does overall, historically. Um, but Indiana had a nice year last year with eight wins. Uh, they beat Penn State this year, albeit on the last play of the game. Maryland blew Penn State out. Um, and it was a controversial call that, you know, whether or not uh, Penix, the, the Indiana quarterback, did he score a touchdown, did he not score a touchdown? Uh, Could have gone either way. So I'm not saying Indiana is not good. Look, they, they gave Ohio State a, a hell of a game last week after getting down early, down significantly early. Uh, felt like Ohio State kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit. Uh, but giving Indiana credit, they battled back and, and made that a one-score game late. So Indiana looks to be legit. Uh, it'll be a nice test for Maryland. Um, but yes, just overall, I mean, look, I'm, I'm watching football on Sundays, um, mostly because of fantasy football, frankly. Um, because as it is Thanksgiving Eve, and it has long been a tradition in the Hayden household, 40-plus uh, years and counting now, uh, we watch the Lions every week. Uh, anyone who's listening to the show knows I am a massive Lions fan. Although I've got to tell you, it's been somewhat liberating this year because I went into the season with no expectations. Um, 
I don't, if you've ever heard the show, you know, but if you haven't, I'll tell you, I don't like Bob Quinn, the general manager. I don't like Matt Patricia, the head coach. Not personally. I don't know either of the guys. So, I mean, you know, they, they, their, their, their public personas are unlikable. They come off as arrogant and defensive. Um, and frankly, they're incompetent if you just look at the track record, right? I mean, the record since Patricia's been here is embarrassingly bad. Um, since Bob Quinn has been here, it's been slightly better. But Bob Quinn also inherited a team with a franchise-level quarterback in Matt Stafford and a team that um, was, you know, a, a picked-up flag away from winning a, its first playoff game since 1991 in 2014 in the game at Dallas. Uh, then 2015 got off to a horrendous start. Lines righted the ship, got screwed in a Thursday night game against the Packers, the ridiculous face mask call that gave the Packers an untimed down, the Hail Mary, the whole thing, and that completely derailed the second half of that season, which they still ended up going 6-2, and two, by the way, the last eight games. Um, and then in 2016, they made the playoffs again, went out meekly in the first round at Seattle. By the way, a lot of teams lose at Seattle, particularly in the playoffs. Uh, seem to recall when Seattle made the playoffs at 7-9 and nine and played the Saints, and uh, that was the infamous Beast Mode game where Marshall Lynch had that crazy run, and Seattle won. So, um, you know, losing to Seattle in Seattle is, is not any great shame. But, uh, and then, you know, that wasn't good enough for Bob Quinn, right? Making the playoffs. And, and look, I was no great Jim Caldwell lover. I'm not going to sit here and do revisionist history and tell you I thought he was a great coach. I didn't think he was a very good I, I, I This is what I always said about Jim Caldwell. Really nice man. Players loved him. Players played hard for him. It was a respectable, competent team. You always got effort. But he was not a very good in-game coach. He was far too conservative for my liking. I felt he hamstrung Matt Stafford. I felt when the games got tight late, he did the unforgivable strategically, which is he took the ball out of his best player's hand. I mean, the Lions couldn't run the ball then. They can't run it now. Uh, you, you live and die with your quarterback. When he's the best player, you, gotta go, you, you live and die with him. And Caldwell tried... Desperately not to do that. I mean, look, the Lions had a bunch of thrilling wins in the Caldwell era. It was because they were trailing late and they had no choice but to let Matt Stafford come back and win the game for him. But the Lions actually had a really good defense some of those years, right? Particularly in 2014. We had Sue still at the height of his powers. DeAndre Levy was a great player. Uh, Cliff Averill. Um, Ziggy Ansah's rookie year was very good. Lions had a good team in 2014. Very good defense. But anyway, I digress. So, Quinn comes in, gives Caldwell, what, I guess a year, right? Then he decides, okay, no good. We're not good enough. we got to get over the hump. We're not beating the good teams. Um, and look, the Lions are an utter disaster, right? They were 6-10 and in Patricia's first year. They got blown out by the Jets, the only organization maybe more moribund than the Lions are the Jets. And they got blown out by trash Sam Darnold's first game ever in the pros at home on Monday night by the Jets. Now, I get it. It's one game. But now, in hindsight, looking back, that's all you needed to know. Although, I remember watching Matt Patricia coach a preseason game that season against Tampa Bay where he made some of the dumbest decisions I've ever seen. You know, he, he, I'm trying to remember, it was something, he, he tried to kick a, a long field goal in, a, in, a, in pouring rain at the end of the first half. And I remember saying to myself, all right, it's preseason. He, he would never do something this stupid in a regular season game, right? He doesn't care. It's preseason. But, you know, trying to talk myself into the fact that Matt Patricia actually knew what he was doing. But I remember it being a massive red flag for me. Even in a preseason game, this seemed like a completely asinine decision. Um, and I want to say it was like the Lions tried like a 60-yard field goal in a driving rainstorm, got it blocked and got returned for a touchdown, I believe, just to end the first half. And then, you know, of course, when he was asked about it, of course, instead of just saying, hey, guys, look, you know, it's preseason, I'm just trying something there or whatever. You know, of course, he had to get all defensive, right? He's one of these coaches who, you know, if, if somebody who isn't, as, you know, who he deems to not be as smart as him about football, because by the way, football's rocket science, right? It's so hard. Um, then, you know, then he has to get smug and condescending uh, with, with, with the media. 
And I remember that was ex- exactly the tack that he took. But in any event, uh, that was the first game in the Matt Patricia era. They went 6-10. and 10. They got blown out by the Jets and Sam Darnold at home. Then last year, obviously, you know, they had the, 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 the close shave losses, right, to the Chiefs at home, game the Lions made a bunch of mistakes in. Packers on the road. Yes, the Lions got screwed by the refs, but also made a ton, tons of mistakes in. Right? Blow leads constantly. Um, and then they were three, four. Oh, had the, fir- the first game of the year last year was horrendous. They blew a huge lead to Arizona. Kyler Murray's first game ever in the league and ended up tying that game. Right? Lions made a ton of mistakes late in that game. Uh, couldn't get a stop when they needed. Remember, Pat Mabatrish is a defensive coach, right? That defense never gets a stop when it needs one in a big spot. Never. Never. Um, so they were 3-4-1, and one, then Stafford got hurt, and then, you know, the rest of the season predictably went right down the tubes. But, um, you know, this year, same thing. Started out the year, had a huge lead against the, the Trash Bears and Trash Mitch Trubisky, who, you know, subsequently got benched. By the way, the only team... Mitch Trubisky has played well since he's been in the league as a Matt Patricia coach Lions team. That's about it. He's garbage against everybody else, but somehow against the Lions, he's he's great. And again, Matt defensive genius, wizard Matt Patricia. So that's how this year started. They've got blown out by the Saints. They got blown out by the Colts. They got blown out by the Vikings, who aren't even that good. Vikings offense is pretty good. Defense ain't very good. They've lost, you know, a ton of the, the the staples of that defense over the course of the years. You really got you got Harrison Smith and uh, Michael Kendrick still left, who's very good. Both players still very good, um, but you know they're 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 working in a lot of. They've had a lot of roster turnover on defense. A lot of rookies, young second year guys, um, blown out. You know, Dalvin Cook ran all over him. Did whatever he want. Did did, did whatever he wanted to do. Lions had 10, 10 players on the field, back-to-back weeks, one on a two-point conversion, one on a 76-yard touchdown run by Dalvin Cook. And then they just got blown out, shut out, by a bad Carolina Panthers team. A Panthers team starting an XFL quarterback in P.J. Walker. A Panthers team without Christian McCaffrey. A Panthers team that had one of the worst defenses in the NFL, and the Lions couldn't score a point. Every play was basically a two-yard pass. And I understand they didn't have Kenny Galladay and Damian Andola as if that should be a big deal. Right? If, if I mean, look, Damian Andola's been a nice player since he's been here. He's also a 34-year-old slot receiver. Damian Andola ain't moving the needle. If you can't overcome the loss of one game for Damian, Danny Amendola, you're a terrible team. And that's what the Lions are. Because Bob Quinn has done a horrendous job. This roster is trash particularly on defense. It lacks depth on offense and up and down the board at all three levels on defense. It is talentless. So let's take a look, shall we, at first Bob Quinn's drafts because any good team, and we've been saying this on the show for the 10 years I've been doing this show, you start in the NFL building a good team with the draft. Let's take a look at his first draft, 2016. First pick, Taylor Decker, Ohio State, left tackle. Up until this season, very spotty. Had a promising rookie year, Had got hurt, had a miserable second half to his rookie year. Mediocre since then, has turned it around. He did not have a very, a very good game on Sunday. But to be fair, up until... Last Sunday against Carolina, had played very well this year. The Lions just gave him a big contract extension. You would call that a hit, but it took five years, right? 16, 17, 18, 19. This is his fifth year. That's too long in the NFL. Sorry, folks. Too long. First-round picks have to be ready-made, step in and play right away. Second-round pick, Sean Robinson. Bad pick. Didn't do much when he was here. Not on the team anymore. Third round pick, Graham Glasgow. Very good pick. One of Quinn's best picks. Versatile interior offensive lineman. Started six, started tons of games at left guard. Started tons of games at center. Started tons of games at right guard. Durable, solid, above average player. Lines let him walk. Made no, no 
No effort to keep him. Why? Because the precious, the, because the, the 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 delicate genius Bob Quinn has a philosophy, which is you don't over, you don't pay premium contracts to non-premium positions, and the Lions don't believe that guards and centers are premium positions because that's how they did it in New England. Because New England somehow is able to get guys off the street because they had Dante Scarnecchia, the best offensive line coach in the league in the last 20 years, and turn guys that are scrubs on other teams into useful players on that team. So Matt Patricia thinks, and, and, and Bob Quinn think they're going to do the same here. So he let Graham Glasgow walk, didn't even make an effort at all to try to keep him. Signed some guy named Hal Vitae, a backup tackle slash guard for the Eagles, who had all of six career starts to a five-year, $50 million contract. Glasgow got four years, $40 million from Denver. And this Vitae was supposed to play right tackle, but he's been so bad that when he has played, he's played right guard. So basically, what you could have done is you could have re-signed Graham Glasgow for less money than you gave Hal Vitae. Glasgow gives you position flexibility, three different positions, both guards and center. Solid guy. Solid player. And you would have saved money and had a better player. And Terrell Crosby, who has played right tackle this year, whom, to be fair to Bob Quinn, he did draft in the fifth round a few years ago. But that's also part of being a good GM is self-scouting and understanding what talent you have in-house already on your team. And if you couldn't figure out after three years that Terrell Crosby could be relied on to be a starter at right tackle, then you're not doing your job well. Fourth round pick, Miles Killebrew, safety out of Southern Utah. Couldn't play safety, got moved to outside linebacker, has been a very good special teams player. Sorry, fourth round picks got to be more than just special teams players. He doesn't play in any sub packages on defense. And this is a guy who is, you know, looks the part, right? 6'2, 225, shredded, muscles everywhere. Plays hard, hits hard. All he can do is play special teams. And we're going to get to him. He's going to be used as an example later. It's one of the other reasons why this Bob Quinn era has been disastrous. Fifth round pick, Joe Dahl. Guard, Washington State. Took him four years. Finally started at guard last year. Decent. He's not great. He's decent. Fifth, another fifth-round pick, Antoine Williams, linebacker, never made the team. Sixth-round pick, Jake Rudock, was on the team for one year, backup quarterback, didn't do anything. Another sixth-round pick, Anthony Zettel, showed some promise. Lions got rid of him because after they signed, uh, hired Patricia because he's, he's not a scheme fit. Drafted a long snapper in the sixth round, even though the Lions had the best long snapper in the league. And Dom Muehlbach, who's still going strong, by the way. And that's all you needed to know about Bob Quinn right then and there. The guy had the balls, the gall, to draft a long snapper. A position nobody drafts for. Except the Patriots did it the year before. So he's cute. He's going to do what the Patriots did. You know, if you're the Patriots, you can do that. You're the Lions, you can't do that. Or any other team for that matter. Long snappers are undrafted free agents. Fullbacks are undrafted free agents. You don't draft, you don't use draft capital on blocking fullbacks and long snappers. I don't care what round it is. And then Dwayne Washington running back in the seventh round, who showed potential at times, and I believe is still in the league as a backup special team teamer with the Saints. But let's let's do the tally. How many above average starters did the Lions get out of that first draft that are still on the roster today? One, Taylor Decker. That's it. One. It's not very good, folks. It's not very good. Let's look at 2017 draft. We're gonna we're gonna go. We're go, by the way, buckle in, settle in. We're going through them all. We are going through them all because we're gonna deal with facts here. It's not opinion. These are facts. 2017. This 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 draft will ultimately end up being. Probably the the downfall for Bob Quinn. This draft was a total and utter disaster. First round, Jared Davis, linebacker from Florida. 
been a horrible, horrible player. I get it. He's a nice guy. I get it. He's a hard worker. Again, I'm I'm judging these guys purely on their on-field production. Doesn't mean I don't think they're nice people. Doesn't mean I hate them. I'm judging this purely by results on the field. Jared Davis has been a horror show. It's been an absolute horror show. To the point where the Lions did not pick up his fifth-year option. He will not be back on the team next year. And he doesn't even play. He plays special teams. And to his credit, by the way, the guy... Look, I wish he had instincts. He doesn't. I wish he had instincts for the position. But he does not. Because, boy, the guy tries. I mean, he's, he's Ernie Sims. He's a bigger version of Ernie Sims. If you're a Lions fan, you know the reference. But he, has, he doesn't have good football instincts. And he doesn't have instincts for the position of linebacker. I mean, the guy gets blocked constantly. He shoots the wrong gaps constantly. You know, the one thing he's good at is running in a straight line and hitting people. So he's, he's I'll give the guy credit. He hasn't pouted. Played hard in special teams. Sorry, you need more than that from a first-round pick. Awful. Second-round pick, Tease Tabor. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Cornerback from Florida, out of the league. Never played. Horrible. Guy had horrible 40-yard dash times at both the combine and at his pro day. And part of the reason why, Lions could have drafted Alvin, Alvin Kamara, by the way. Same team that, by the way, has been looking for a running back since Barry Sanders retired. And the reason why Bob Quinn didn't draft a running back there is because he knew that Amir Abdullah, whom he didn't draft, but that's not the point. Again, self-scouting. He thought Amir Abdullah was a franchise cal- caliber back, so didn't feel like running back was, was, was a need. So instead of drafting Alvin Kamara, you have Tease Tabor is out of the league. Third-round pick, Kenny Galladay. One of Bob Quinn's few good picks. This was done in a trade. Lions could have drafted, could have stayed where they stayed put and drafted Kareem Hunt, by the way, this draft. And I think it's, you could argue who you, whom you'd rather have. I understand he had his off-the-field issues, but when Kareem Hunt is played, he's a better player than Kenny Galladay. Now, Kenny Galladay is very good. Kareem Hunt's better, and it's at a pre, more premium position. Because Kareem Hunt is a dual threat, because he can catch the ball and he can run the ball. But Kenny Galladay's been a good pick. One of the few. And then they got an extra fourth and drafted Jalen Reeves-Maven. Again, special teams player only. Good special teams player, but a special teams player only. I'm sorry. You cannot have back-to-back drafts, your fourth-round picks, five years later, are only on the team to play special teams. They play in no sub-packages on defense. And here, and I'm, and, and, and now I'm gonna, I said I'm going to... Go back to Killebrew, and now I'm going to use Jalen Reeves-Maven as another example, and there'll be some other players too. Here's one of the ironies of this idiotic, quote-unquote, patriot way that the Lions try to import. One of the things we've always heard, right, about the Patriots is what separates them from the other teams in the league is the Patriots focus on what guys can do, not on what guys can't do. I call it the Camby Corollary. Cal Perry, John Cal Perry said this about Marcus Camby a million years ago when the Knicks traded for him, and that is if you're looking for Charles Oakley, you're going to be sorely disappointed. That's not the kind of power forward Marcus Camby is. But if you want somebody who's going to influence the game and change the game on a defensive end by blocking shots and then running the floor and getting out and dunking and taking off offensive boards and putting them back for dunks, that's your guy. So stop worrying about who he isn't and focus on who he is. So that's one of the things the Patriots supposedly always were great at is finding out what's the one thing this guy can do and then let's maximize that by putting him in a position to do that one thing. Or if it's two things, those two things. So Jalen Reeves-Maben is a smaller linebacker but with a lot of speed known as a cover linebacker. Why has he not been developed to be that player? The Lions linebackers are fat, slow, and athletic and can't cover anybody. They have one on their roster who supposedly that's their strength, yet they haven't developed this player at all. Same thing with Miles Killebrew. You're going to tell me that Miles Killebrew at his size and with his speed couldn't have been developed to play some sort of role in some sub packages, maybe guarding tight ends, maybe as a blitzer. Maybe he's a nickel linebacker guarding running backs out of the backfield. Something. He can only play special teams. Jalen Reeves-Maven can only play special teams. 
It's a complete antithesis of what the Patriots are known for. The Lions have not developed their own players at all. Good teams take fourth-round picks, and they make them starters after a year or two. And above-average starters. The Lions' fourth-round picks are either out of the league, like the next one, Michael Roberts, or they're special teams-only players. And then you wonder why the team stinks. This is why. Fifth round, Jamal Agnew. Same thing. He was drafted to be a return guy and a nickel corner and a slot corner. Showed a ton of promise as a return guy early. Got hurt. Now he's got moved from one side of the ball to the other. He's a wide receiver. He's made very little impact. And again, he is dynamic with the ball in his hands. The Lions run any trick plays for him? Do they ever try to make an effort to get him involved in the game? I mean, last week against Carolina, it's a perfect opportunity. No Kenny Galladay, no Amendola, no DeAndre Swift. The Lions threw him like two two-yard out passes. That was about it. No reverses, no shuffle passes, no bubble screens, no tunnel screens, nothing. Complete lack of imagination. Sixth-round pick Jeremiah Ledbetter out of the league. Sixth-round pick Brad Kaya, quarterback Miami out of the league. Seventh-round pick Pat O'Connor, defensive end from Michigan, Eastern Michigan rather, whom I believe... I remember in preseason he showed some some pass rush ability. I think he's actually still on Tampa Bay's roster as a backup defensive end. But again, he wasn't a scheme fit for Matt Patricia, so he 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 was gone. Okay, so 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 far two drafts, 2017 you got one one starter above average starter in Galladay. 2016 you've got one above average starter in in Taylor Decker. That's two drafts, two above average starters. The rest of the guys are either out of the league, off the team, or special teams players only. Awful. Awful, awful, awful so far. All right, 2018. We're doing it. I'm sticking with it. 2018. First round pick, Frank Ragnow, center, Arkansas. Now, he's been a good player. No question about it. But what's one thing that this Lions defense has lacked ever since Bob Quinn got here, particularly since Patricia got here? No pass rush. No pass rush. There are pass rushers to be had. They didn't draft him, but okay, I'll give him. I'll give him. I, 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 to be fair, Ragnow was a good pick. Twentieth pick in the dra- in the first round. It's a good pick. It's been a good player. Second round, traded up, which you know I hate. As a practice, it's stupid. Traded up for Carryon Johnson because that was the year that there was a big run on running backs late in the first round, early in the second round. Bob Quinn panicked, and again, one bed decision begets another so two years prior when Bob Quinn could have drafted Alvin Kamara and instead took Tease Tabor because he thought Amir Abdullah was the answer now we're back to well now we've got to panic trade up and then take a player not very good and carry on Johnson and I don't want to hear about his rookie year where he had two good games against two terrible defenses and the rest of the time looked as pedestrian as they get I don't want to hear about, oh, the injuries. If you watch the guy play in college and you watch his running style, for a guy who's not very big, it was easily predictable to see that this is a guy that was not going to make it through a 16-game season in the NFL. Now, again, great guy. Works hard. You know, gives you a little of this, a little of that. The Lions have basically relegated him now to third-down pass blocking which is the kind of production you get from an undrafted free agent. The Lions traded up into the second round to get this guy. Awful pick. Awful. Third round pick, Tracy Walker. Safety, Louisiana. This was the infamous Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia high-fiving each other in the draft room as if they just won a Super Bowl because they overdrafted a kid from a small school when they had massive needs on the defensive line and guys like Harrison Phillips from Stanford available and overdrafted a guy who was a fifth-round pick on most people's boards. And look, for some reason, Lions fans are in love with him. I don't know if it was from three years ago when he made that interception against San Francisco that, by the way, never counted because it got called back on a penalty away from the ball. But, uh, or the fact that he looks good in his uniform... But, but Tracy Walker is just not that good, guys. I, I hate to break it to you. He's just not. I mean, what exact? give me exactly what Tracy Walker has done other than be the starting free safety on one of the worst defenses in football. That's a premium position. 
He starts there, and the defense stinks. Now, is he the only reason why the defense stinks? No, but he's not a reason why the defense is good. I mean, yeah, he occasionally shows some flashes, but the guy gets beat for touchdowns way too much. Misses tackles. He had a chance to uh, secure the win for the Lions last year in that Cardinals game. Couldn't do it. Had two huge missed tackles late in that game. He's just not that good, guys. I hate to break it to you. Some reason, Lions beat writers and Lions fans love Tracy Walker. I'd love to know why. And here's the next guy. Here's the next all, all-star Hall of Famer. Let's anoint this guy for some reason because he had three good games his rookie year to Sean Hand, who the Lions traded up for. Defensive lineman from Alabama. He's done nothing since his rookie year. Nothing. First of all, he's hurt all the time. Never plays. This guy's a China doll at 6'4", 300 pounds. But when he does play, he doesn't do a whole lot of anything anyway. Fifth round, Terrell Crosby. Turned out to be a pretty good pick. Starting right tackle. But again, the Lions couldn't even figure out that he was good. They gave Hal Vitae $50 million for five years. Guy was a backup his whole career. And then, oh, here you go. Bobby Quinn special, baby. Drafting a fullback, a blocking-only fullback, Nick Bauden from San Diego State in the seventh round. And again, you can tell me, oh, you're making a big deal about it. Nothing. It's a seventh-round pick. Look around the league and look at teams that have guys that are seventh-round picks, sixth-round picks that contribute. You know, I'll go back a few years. That Seattle defense, Legion of Boom, Cam Chancellor was a fifth-round pick. Look, hell, I'll even give you the lines. Theo Riddick was a sixth-round pick, one of the best third-down backs in the league for four years. Antonio Brown. Yeah, he's a miscreant. He was a sixth-round pick. Richard Sherman was a fifth-round pick. <clears throat> Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick. So don't tell me, oh, it's only a sixth-round pick. Oh, it's only a seventh-round Good teams... Get good players late. Vince Williams for the Steelers, I believe, was a sixth-round pick. Linebacker out of Florida State. So that that was that draft. Not a lot of picks because Bob Quinn, wheeling and dealing, traded up twice in that draft. Traded up twice. So this draft, terrible in that he traded up twice. You got two above-average starters in Ragnow and Terrell Crosby. Carryon Johnson, terrible pick. Tracy Walker, terrible pick. Overdrafted. Deshaun Hand gives you nothing. And Nick Bauden was just a total throwaway pick. Total throwaway pick. It's an arrogant, reckless, frankly, pick taking a fullback. It's ridiculous. Or it shows a fundamental lack of understanding of what the draft is about and how to properly craft and build a roster in the NFL. Now we'll go back to last year's draft. First round pick, TJ Hawkinson. About as idiotic a pick as you'll ever get. A tight end with the eighth pick in the draft. The the stupidity... In that is is it's it's inarguable, and the funny thing is, or the tragic thing is, however you want to look at it, is that there was the blueprint for what not to do from his predecessor Martin Mayhew, who took Eric Ebron with the tenth pick in the draft, rather than take guys like Odell Beckham Jr. and Aaron Donald was the real big miss there. He takes T.J. Hawkinson, a tight end. Now, T.J. Hawkinson, terrible player, no. He's okay. He's not special. He's not giving you anything that a fifth-round pick at tight end could give you. An undrafted free agent like Robert Tanyan, who's on the Packers, who was in the Lions uh, training camp and on their practice squad a few years ago, is an undrafted free agent, is giving the Packers basically the same production that this supposed breakout year of TJ Hawkinson is giving the Lions. Had a huge drop on third down in the game last week and had a ridiculously bad missed block on a third down run last week. And you can say, oh, I'm being too hard on the guy. It's just two plays. I'm sorry. You're the eighth pick in the draft. You're supposed to be special. There's nothing special about TJ Hawkinson. He's a decent, 
hanging around run-of-the-mill tight end. Pretty good in the red zone. But he's not a difference maker. And that's that, again, therein lies the problem. Just the theory alone is flawed. Even if you get a great player in TJ Hawkinson at tight end, it's not commensurate with the eighth pick in the draft. What If he gave you 60 catches for 800 yards and eight touchdowns, that's a really good year from a tight end. Is that really moving the needle, though, overall? You're telling me if you had a tight end that you drafted in the fifth round that gave you 45 catches for 500 yards and five touchdowns, that that difference in production is going to amount to three less wins or something? No, of course not. Not if you build the team the proper way and you're good at other the more important positions, but the Lions aren't because Bob Quinn doesn't have a, the right philosophy, doesn't have to build a roster. By the way, I said that that draft, that, that the Tease Tabor, Jared David draft is going to be the defining draft. That would be one, this would be 1A. Because this next pick, one of the worst drafts in the history of the NFL, Jelani Tavai, a fat, slow, unathletic linebacker from Hawaii that the whole world had a fifth-round grade on, but not Bob Quinn. Oh, and let me just get back to the the Tease Tabor pick. Remember, folks, Bob Quinn admitted that he never watched more tape on any player in his life than Tease Tabor. And so even though he ran a 4-7-40 as a cornerback, which is ridiculous, you wouldn't draft a safety that ran a 4-7-40. You wouldn't draft a linebacker that ran a 4-7-40 in today's NFL. Maybe a middle linebacker could get away with it if he made up for it with you know superior intellect and smarts and instincts. Maybe. Linebackers don't run 4-7-40s in the NFL anymore. Tight ends don't run 4-7-40s in the NFL anymore. But Bob Quinn took a cornerback who he said, that's the most uh, uh, tape I've ever watched on any player. And then again, smartest guy in the room syndrome. Let me take Jelani Tavai, a linebacker from what? Because he fits Matt Patricia's defense. Guy stinks. Sorry. Not very good. Does nothing. Lines have realized he barely plays anymore. Second round pick and a high one at that. 43rd pick overall. Awful, awful player. Third round pick. Another reach. Will Harris, safety from Boston College, isn't any good. Lions had to go trade for Deron Harmon this year because Will Harris isn't any good. They had a good safety on their team in Quandre Diggs, but they don't like his personality because he's a free thinker and he actually speaks his mind. So in, in, in Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia world, that ain't going to do we need a yes man. We, 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 we only need yes men on our team. Yes, boss. No boss. So, adios, Quandre Diggs. Will Harris drafted to replace him. He stunk so bad. Then they had to go get one of their, you know, expatriate guys and Deron Harmon, who, by the way, is okay at best. Will Harris, bad pick. Austin Bryant, defensive end from Clemson, barely plays. Hurt all the time. Hurt all last year, was hurt coming out of college, was hurt all last year, played two games this year, got hurt again. Terrible pick. Fifth round pick, Amani Oruarie, one of the few good picks of the Bob Quinn era. Struggled early as a rookie like most corners do. He's a big, long corner out of Penn State. A lot of tools. Showed some flashes last year at times. Showed potential. And he's played really well this year, except... The Lions are diminishing his playing time by swapping it with Jeff Okuda, the third pick in this year's draft, the corner out of Ohio State, who clearly is not ready to play. And instead of benching Desmond Trufant, who they signed to a big free agent contract to replace Darius Slay, who is a much better player, but again, Matt Patricia doesn't like Darius Slay because he does jersey swaps after the game. So they had to ship him out. Still one of the best corners in the league, by the way. But so even with even when they find and hit on a good player like Oruwarie and like Terrell Crosby, they don't even self scout smart enough to know that this guy should just be a starter. Sixth round pick, Travis Fulgham, wide receiver from Old Dominion. I didn't like the pick at the time. I much preferred uh, Jacoby Myers from NC State, who ironically the Patriots drafted, and has had a much better career. Lines cut Travis Fulham. He's had, he had like three huge games for the Eagles, and then the last couple of games he's done nothing. Ty Johnson running back from Maryland, sixth round pick. I thought it was worth a shot. Not on a team anymore. Isaac Nauta, 
Tight end from Georgia, barely plays. Seventh round pick, P.J. Johnson, not on the team. So you've got Hawkinson, who I would say is an average starter. Orarie, average starter. Tavai, terrible. Will Harris, terrible. Austin Bryan, hurt, never does anything. Ty Johnson off the team. Isaac Nada barely plays. P.J. Johnson off the team. Travis Fulham off the team. Horrible draft. Horrible, horrible draft. And in this year, you can't judge the draft yet because it's still these guys are still rookies. But what they do? They took a running back at the top of the second round in DeAndre Swift, who, when he plays, is a nice player. But you just drafted a running back in the second round whom you traded up for two years before that. But because he's not any good, now you have to expend draft capital again on a running back. And again, look around the league. Look at Aaron Jones for the Packers. He was a fifth-round pick. Good teams get running backs everywhere. The Lions have a ton of needs on defense. They're in, they're in no position to be drafting running backs at the top of the second round. And look, I like DeAndre Swift. You know, his drop touchdown that would have beaten the Bears in week one notwithstanding. He looked great two weeks ago against the Redskins. Sorry, the Washington football team. It's a habit. I did not do that on purpose. But of course, the Lions even brought him along slowly and keep shoehorning Adrian Peterson into the mix. I mean, it's just such a poorly run team. I won't even... I, I just I just looked at the clock here. I've been t- ranting about this team for 40 minutes or close to it. What a joke. It's a horrible team. So I'm in this sort of fun, liberated position where I want them to lose. I really do. And I feel bad because I love guys like Stafford and Prater. But, I mean, it's just, I, the only reason I need them to lose is because I got I, I need Quinn gone and I need Patricia gone. I mean, these guys, just they're not it. They're not cutting it. They're not equipped. Who do I want, you ask? Kevin Colbert, Steelers. Guy was a lines personnel guy a million years ago. Steelers, I mean, the Steelers won eight games last year with... Uh, Devlin Hodges as their quarterback. I mean, I heard the Lions. I heard all the excuses last year. The Lions were down to their third-string quarterback last year. So were the Steelers, right? Remember, Roethlisberger got hurt. Then it was Mason Rudolph. Then he got hurt. And then they won games with a guy named Delvin Hodges. And they won 8-8. Eight and eight. Lions went 3-12-1 and one last year. Mike Tomlin's one of the best coaches in the league. It's one of the most stable franchises in the NFL. Steelers have had, what, three coaches in 50 years? Maybe longer? When did Chuck Knoll get there? 1970? Yeah, 50 years. They've had three coaches. Chuck Knoll, Cower, Tomlin. That's it. Steelers draft well every year. They unearth gems late in the draft every year. Have they had some misses? Of course. Every team has misses. This is not about the fact that I expect Bob Quinn to be perfect. But I just went through his drafts with you folks. There's four above average starters in five five drafts. That's horrendous. I mean, anyone could a, a layman could do, have a better track record, better hit record than that. A hit rate, and that's terrible. It's awful. And for, don't even get me started on the free agents. So I want Kevin Colbert, Sheila Ford Hamp. Whatever you have to do, you need to give him, you know, 0.05% of Ford Motor Company, fine. Bring him in here. Let him run the whole show. No Rod Woods. None of it. Let, he's the president of the Detroit Lions football operations. And then let him hire general managers. If he wants to bring in people from the Steelers, fine. Whatever he wants to do, let him do. He gets to hire the coach. He gets to hire all the personnel people. Everybody he wants, the training staff, everything. He gets carte blanche. That's the plan, in my humble opinion. I don't want some, you know, 32 year old offensive coordinator that shook hands with uh, uh, Sean McVee or Sean McVeigh as my next head coach. It starts 
with the decision makers. Bob Quinn has been pathetic, laughably bad at his job. Kevin Colbert has a 20-year track record of success with the Steelers, one of the most stable franchises in the history of sports. All right. Real quick on the Knicks. NBA draft was last week because, you know, 2020. (laughs) And, uh, you know, there was a lot of talk on maybe the Knicks are going to make a free agent splash, this and that, right? They have the new regime with Leon Rose, former agent, is now the the president of basketball operations. They kept Scott Perry uh, as the general manager, but they broomed Steve Mills, thank God. Talked about him on the show many times, you know, for reasons known only to James Dolan, why that guy is, has been, you know, with the organization this long. Hired Tom Thibodeau, you know, respected coach, old school, hard-nosed, defensive first type of guy. Um, Lions draft, uh, Lions. Knicks draft this kid Obi Toppin from Dayton. A lot of people thought the Cavs were going to take him at five. He lasts until eight. Um, you know, I know he's not, you know, rail thin and stands at the three point line and just chucks threes all the time. So, you know, some people don't like him. Uh, kid looks like a great kid, hard worker, athletic, reminds you a little bit of Amari Stoudemire. Look, the Knicks need everything. They literally, there's not one position they can't get better at. So as long as he's good, like don't, I don't want to, you know, there was, I, I read a couple articles, you know, some people wonder how, He's going to fit in with Julius Randle. Julius Randle? What, are you kidding me? Get him out of here on the first bus. Someone wants to take that contract, bye-bye. You know, you're not winning anything with Julius Randle. Julius Randle have talent? Absolutely. But unless Julius Randle dip changes the way he plays, and listen, listen, maybe Thibodeau will get him to change the way he plays. But if he's going to play the way he plays, you're never winning anything with Julius Randle. He's the classic, puts up big, big numbers on bad teams guy. Yeah, he'll give you 20 and 10 in a game that you lost. Because he'll take 26 shots. He plays no defense. And it's a black hole once he gets the ball in the post. He dribbles around for a half an hour. And then, you know, if he's hot, he makes shots. And if he's not, he doesn't. But he'll just keep shooting until the cows come home. And he's not a very good foul shooter. So in the games that are close late, you don't want him with the ball in his hands because he will not make clutch foul shots. He's not a winning player. It's just not. Not saying he's a bad guy, just not a winning player. So you don't not take Obi Toppin if you think he's your guy because you have Julius Randle on your roster. And then Emmanuel Quickly, the kid from uh, Kentucky. Look, Cal Perry always talks up his players, but he really seems to love this kid a lot. And supposedly this kid plays defense and can shoot. That uh, I'm sold. And look at the track record of Kentucky guards recently in the NBA. Jamal Murray. Tyler Harrow, Shea Gilgis Alexander, um, De'Aaron Fox. I mean, that's four guys right there. Now, listen, I understand Kevin Knox went to Kentucky. He's a disaster, but he's a forward. It's different. Kentucky guards track record, particularly recently, NBA, very good. Oh, and I'm forgetting, um, who's the other guy I'm forgetting? Am I forgetting somebody else? Maybe not. I don't know. So look, I liked the fact that Knicks didn't give Fred Van Vliet four years, $100 million. You know, Doughboy Fred Van Vliet is great for the Raptors. He was not going to be great for the Knicks. He's just not. He fits in great in Toronto. He's a good backcourt mate with the other Doughboy over there, Kyle Lowry. And then a good front line and a great coach and a great system and a great culture. You know, Fred Van Vliet is not a, a franchise changer. You don't give max contracts to guys who aren't franchise changers. The Knicks have been doing this for years. Trading young assets for guys like Antonio McDice. Giving huge contracts to injury-prone Amari Stoudemire. Trading for Carmelo Anthony and giving away half your team. It doesn't work. So, let's see. By the way, the Knicks are a young team. They don't have one guy 30 on a whole roster. It's just, you think these guys are old because the NBA model is flawed. Let's draft 17 and 18-year-olds and then wonder why they're on their third team four years in a league. It's a terrible model, but it's the model that, that, that exists. So let's see if perhaps a real coaching staff that actually demands accountability 
can unlock the potential in guys like Alfred Payton. And maybe Julius Randle. And Nerlens Noel. And Austin Rivers. Some of the most recent additions to this team. And of course, the two rookies they got this year. And maybe even Kevin Knox. I mean, look, you got to like basketball. That's that's a, that, that's sort of rule number one. Kevin Knox clearly doesn't like basketball. So, <laughs> I mean, that's a problem. And R.J. Barrett. Let's see if R.J. RJ Barrett's a great kid, loves to play. Let's see if he actually develops his game this year. Mitchell Robinson, same thing. I mean, there's some young pieces here. I mean, Alfred Payton's like 26 years old. Seems like he's been in the league forever because he came out after his freshman year or whatever it was. So he's been in a league. I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. is 22 years old. Seems like he's been around forever. He played one year at NC State. Wasn't even remotely close to being ready to play in the NBA. And it's shown. And he's on his second team already. Guy was a, a, a lottery pick two years ago. Let's see if this coaching staff can coax some talent out of these guys. You're not going to hit on all of them. I understand that. But you don't need to hit on all of them. You need to hit on like six or seven of them to at least be respectable, to at least be watchable. That's all I hope for for the Knicks. But the quick fix, we've seen this for years. It never works. So I am perfectly fine. And if they stink, they stink. That's fine. I don't think they're going to. I think they will be a competitive team this year. They're a playoff team? Probably not. This should be a 35-40 to 40 win team. All right, that's going to do it. Have a very happy, healthy, and safe Thanksgiving. Until next time from Jamal About Sports, peace out.